Hi there, and welcome back to the Beyond Aromatics podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Rose. This podcast is brought to you by the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. You can learn more about Naha and the work we do at naha.org. On today's episode, we will be speaking with renowned aromatherapy author, researcher, public speaker, and inspiration, Gabriel Moget. Gabriel will be giving us a look back into his journey with the discovery of acupuncture and using healing oils and herbs from a young age. We will get to see how this path led him to writing Aromatherapy for the Healing Spirit and how this publication influenced his work today. We will also take a look at our conference partners, IFPA, and Gabriel's role within that organization, as well as how this collaboration all began. Gabriel will also be speaking at our upcoming conference this June 15th through 18th. You can learn more about this conference at conference.naha.org. This event will be live and virtual, but will also include all recordings posted post-conference for lifetime access. Special discounts for IFPA and NAHA members apply. Check out the website for details. Gabriel Moget is a UK-registered practitioner of clinical aromatherapy, herbal medicine, and acupuncture. He first studied natural medicine in 1978, specializing in shiatsu therapy. Following four years of training in TCM, he became a member of the British Acupuncture Council in 1987. He first trained in botanical medicine and aromatherapy in the 1980s, and has since studied with some of the world's leading experts in essential oil therapeutics. Since 1990, Gabriel has been the principal of the Institute of Traditional Herbal Medicine and Aromatherapy. In the same year, he founded the Register of Qualified Aromatherapists, a UK professional association that later merged to form the International Federation of Professional Aromatherapists, otherwise known as IFPA. Gabriel served as IFPA's chair for the second time since 2017. He has presented lectures at international conferences and seminars in the USA, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Japan, Korea, China, Hong Kong, Australia, and the Czech Republic, France, Ireland, and the UK. He is co-author of Shiatsu, The Complete Guide, and author of Aromatherapy for the Healing Spirit. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Beyond Aromatics podcast. I'm here with Gabriel Moget, who is going to be um, talking to us about some of the work he does. Um, you're probably familiar with the name if you're if you're not new to Naha or aromatherapy. He's written um, quite a few books. He's been a presenter at multiple Naha conferences, um, but also just very um, well known in the aromatherapy industry. And um, he's going to be here today to talk with us about some of the work he does, as well as um, what he does with the IFPA and our ongoing partnership with him for the upcoming Beyond Aromatics Conference. So, hey, Gabriel, and welcome. Hey, thank you. Great to be here. Thanks, Savannah. Um, so just to kind of get started, please tell us a little bit about the, the work you do and focus on and um, also how you got started in aromatherapy to begin with. Uh, yeah, well, uh, my, my, my focus is really, uh, I guess, on education and the practice of aromatherapy and essential oil therapeutics, especially from the perspective of oriental medicine. Um, and that's really where I started, um, was um, I in the, it was, uh, I think it was in 1978, I was, uh, I was in my gap year, as they call it, you know, between high school and university. And I was, um, 
I was doing this sort of odd job, as we, we call them. It wasn't really odd, but <laughs> it got it basically it was the kind you know it paid my way to 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 spend time there, uh, putting um, advertising leaflets in 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 people's letter boxes all around Paris. And there was a guy who um, there was a guy who was working with one day, and um, we kept working. He didn't stop for lunch, and I was like, "When when are we gonna you know stop and have lunch?" And he 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 said, "You'll uh, when we finish work, I'll take you somewhere." And we he, later that afternoon, he took me to this um, interesting sort of restaurant um, cafe called the Le Boilum. The bowl on bois, the, the wooden bowl, and I hadn't really been anywhere. Everything, it, you know, it was like a, a whole food store was my first experience. But you know, it was um, <laughs> it was a sort of they had some like weird vegetables. Uh, they, you know, uh, the fr the French name is salsify, you know, like burdock and you know, strange looking mushrooms and things like a dookie beans on the shelf, <laughs> tofu, miso. <laughs> All that stuff I hadn't ever encountered before. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it uh, was an interesting, and um, and so they had a they had a little section which was the store, and then they had the cafe, serving these bowls of brown rice and miso soup and stuff. <laughs> but in in the in the store there was um, they had some books, and one of the books was called the Book of Microbiotics. And I opened this book and for the first time I read about, you know, yin and yang and the five elements. And I was just intrigued, you know. And um, for the first few years, I kind of annoyed everyone by being a bit of a fanatic. <laughs> and um, at the same time, I got into shiatsu, you know, uh, which is more like, you know, the kind of uh, Japanese, you know, acupressure body work, of course, that people will know that, that was closely allied. And, and I guess still is obviously with, with macrobiotics together with the diet. And I studied all that stuff in, in London at a place called the East West Centre, right near where my, actually my son lives <laughs> in that area of London these days. Um, sadly, the East West Centre is not there anymore, but you know, you have East West Centres all over the States as well. So I visited those from time to time. And I trained in Shiatsu and, um, and, uh, ended up, you know, um, co-writing co a book with uh, a, a colleague. Um, in fact, the I met Chris Jarmy, my co-author of Shiatsu, the Complete Guide at Acupuncture School. And actually, we, we something we shared in common. We we found we, so we wound up in the same class, and we were both we were both there principally because it wasn't it it wasn't our plan at that stage that we really, you know, had a big urge to stick needles in people. <laughs> it's because we, we both wanted to learn more about, you know, oriental medicine. And I think Chris actually, he, you know, he, he, he got so busy with his shiatsu school, which I helped out with, but I think he, he actually dropped out, but I, I carried on and, you know, and obviously I, um, I did that main training in, in a three-year course in sort of more like five element aromatherapy and then, I'm oh, sorry, acupuncture, <laughs> jumping ahead there. Um, and then also um, another uh, special specialized course with um, more in the, the, the other part of TCM, you know, um, which was more based on what we call eight principles, which is more built, 
built around um, t uh, the yin yang disharmonies and stuff, you know, but with those two courses together, I, I, I think I got a, a pretty good training with, especially as I had um, um, a really good, te a well-known teacher, Giovanni Mashosha, you know, he's written a lot of the main books in TCM. And anyhow, um, and, and, and basically, it was that was around the mid 80s. And then in, in 1985, while I was for a period of time, I was working in central London in Covent Garden in what was the only um, Neil's Yard store. You know, it was just like, you, you know, Neil's Yard. I think that. Mm -mm, no, I don't. Neil's Yard has got franchises all around the world now, especially in this country, in Japan. I think it does in the States. I believe it does in the States. And, you know, but, um, and actually they have, since the late 90s as well, they've actually had a, um, and they still do have, have an aromatherapy diploma course, which if per accredits are, you know, the association which I chair. Um, anyway, so, um, and, you know, I, I was working at I was working at that store. You know, um, people would come in. You know, um, looking to buy herbs and essential oils to you know benefit their health. And I heard about a course, um, which was focused on um, looking at Western herbs from the perspective of um, Chinese medicine. Hmm. So, you know, that means according to the diagnostic principles and, and um, you know, theoretical framework of TCM. Yeah. And um, I thought, great, you know, and I think it there was like a two year course with a, um, a, a my really my first teacher in, in essential oils as well, Carla DePauli, who um, was, in, you know, had integrated that like Peter Holmes, you know, Mm -hmm. um, had integrated um, using Western herbs, of course, you know, many of which are aromatic, sage, right. thyme, so many of them, and had, um, you know, brought that together with the uh, TCM diagnostic approach. And, um, and then it, it, it quickly followed on with a course specifically in essential oils. So that, that's really, you know, that, that was my kind of path, as it were, this might sort of, you know, stepping stones into, um, into the world of aromatherapy. And, um, and around that same time, I was really lucky because I think it was in around 1988, uh, two leading teachers uh, from France who are well known as kind of um, contributing to the foundations of, you know, what we refer to as the, you know, the French school <laughs> or, um, or, you know, sort of French aromatic medicine, as it were, as um, Pierre Francom and Dr. Daniel Penwell. Mm -hmm. And th they came over on three occasions to do a course in sort of like, you know, scientific aromatherapy. And I was remembering the other day as well, uh, well, I, 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 um, I came across, um, again, uh, Pierre Francom's website, and I was reminded from it that he, he, it was actually Pierre who coined the phrase uh, chemotypes, you know. So that's, you know, we learned also about the, you know, the different chemotypes of rosemary, thyme, and, and, and other essential oils. But that, that course took me a lot deeper into... Um, you know, the, the, the chemistry-based 
foundations, the scientific um, understanding of uh, essential oil therapeutics. So it sounds uh, like you had the longest gap <laughs> year ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it turned out to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, from 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 it, it, that that's where it all kind of you know germinated, really. Yeah, this was like, um, like picking up so many things as you go along the way, and then delving yeah. into them. It seems fullheartedly, yeah. and um, that's. I. It seems a lot of times people that come into aromatherapy find it, find other avenue, find it through other avenues, or find other avenues through it. So you end up meshing in all of these different types of practices is that kind of also how you go about your work in general yeah i mean um what what i think what really the kind of linchpin for me is <clears throat> you know is the focus on plant medicine uh, i guess and you know that's always been my maybe my biggest passion together with maybe not you know um, oriental medicine is really you know the thing that in, in terms of theoretical framework, you know, th that I know best. Um, but I'm interested in, and I've, you know, kind of um, explored and researched uh, that um, other uh, systems of traditional medicine to some extent, especially in relation to, you know, aromatic plants and essential oils, like uh, Galenic medicine, which is, you know, um, originated in uh, ancient Greece and uh, and was is more part of uh, you know the, the the Western tradition and 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 then Ayurvedic medicine. So I'm I'm kind of interested in the, the, those sort of vitalistic or energetic principles that underpin these traditional systems of medicine and and these days in particular um, how we can see them making connections and, and, and how we can, you know, build a kind of bridge of understanding between those traditional systems of medicine and the kind of emerging research that's coming on board that you can easily access like through the PubMed website, mm -hmm. you know, and especially the last five years in particular. And, um, you know, for, you know, that that's um, in terms of, you know, like, the, the upcoming conference and what, what I like to share is you know from that my own foundation of knowledge in terms of you know a TCM and oriental medicine but applying that to essential oils but applying it in a way in which I can also reinforce it through bringing in the understanding that the research gives us you know that the fact that there's a lot of new research, which is actually verifying and affirming, you know, things that understanding and, and um, about aromatic and medicinal plants that, you know, are even hundreds of years old, you know, so I, I find that quite fascinating, that connection between the ancient and the modern, you know? Mm -hmm. I, that's what, it's super interesting because I feel like a lot of my relationship to aromatherapy is based in the research that, you know, I can easily access today. And I'm not as yeah. well acquainted with the historical um, oh, okay. yeah. that's been said. Yeah. So yeah. 
it's interesting to see how well, like, do you find that there's a ton of correlation and overlap that a lot of the things they used it for really do relate and now you just have a way to scientifically yeah. explain it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's really fascinating to me, yeah. So, so you know, that, um, so as a, as a practitioner, you know, ba basically, the way that I brought those things together quite simply from, from like the, the late 80s, once I qualified in, in uh, TCM was to, you know, that, that approach which um, really is described by, you know, Marguerite Maury, who who's a famous uh, French aromatherapy author from uh, the 1960s, who uh, you know, is quite the inspiration behind the holistic aromatherapy approach which is that individual prescription, which is based on, you know, a careful case taking and analysis of the, you know, individuals, different mind body symptoms and seeing, you know, what TCM about quite simply, what TCM is about is go, when you go through that process of uh, doing a consultation with someone and get, getting all the details of their condition, their health, the history of their health, their different symptoms, both physical and psychological, and recording those in detail and then looking at them. And then you can see a kind of pattern, a pattern of imbalance that could be, you know, like, and the term, the terminology that we use in TCM, we, we, we call them patterns, patterns of disharmony, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, lung chi deficiency could be someone with shallow breathing, uh, mild cough, low energy, melancholy, you know, and, 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 and together with, you know, using techniques like tongue and pulse diagnosis, it gives us a, a different insight into a person's condition beyond, you know, beyond the kind of scientific diagnosis, which mm -hmm. is not meant to replace, but, it, you know, it's all about integration. Mm -hmm. And and by being able to identify that underlying pattern or what they call in, you know, in the European herbal tradition, they call that the terrain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By being able to assess somebody's constitutional weak areas, you're better able to select those essential oils that are going to be most potent in, you know, re, you know, um, benefiting you're, you're the patient your patient uh, because you know there's, there's such a big choice of them I've you know just been mm -hmm. uh, actually kind of cataloging them and I've even coming up towards 500 commonly available essential oils you know that's a lot to choose from of course there's a good 50 to 100 that you could say that are major mm -hmm. uh, uh, essential oils but nevertheless there's, there's a big choice there and even even among those that have, you know, respiratory activities and benefits, you know, um, the, the, the selection, the potential selection is, is quite broad. So this way of being able to assess the person's terrain or underlying condition can narrow down to those essential oils that are going to have, you know, the biggest impact. So really, you know, that the it's the same approach to deciding what acupuncture points that you're going to treat or what herbs you're going to prescribe so it's the it's that framework of tcm diagnosis that kind of constellates and brings together whatever 
you know, therapeutic modality that you can offer the client, whether singly or combined, it, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 it basically allows you to apply those in, you know, the most kind of direct way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and in a way that's going to, you know, have the best potential results, really. So, um, so, so that's, that's what it was all about for me. <laughs> and, and that's also what I've taught over the years. Yeah, well, and it's interesting to know, because when we do these interviews, we often, um, you know, work with, or we try to interview people who work in different avenues and different lanes within aromatherapy. And it really all comes down to like, what you use to assess the person as a holistic entity. Um, yeah. And absolutely. I think yeah. I, I want you to be able to introduce like some of the concepts of TCM and some of the terminology or um, ideas that you use for people that are interested in finding like the lane they want to to work in. Um, in case there's somebody who's like, you know, I just, I don't know how to see the person as a whole being what I'm looking at yet. And maybe that this is an area that they would be they would understand in that capacity. You mean some some of the examples of the main concepts you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. something that kind of let's give them a guide for like how you are able to break down the the, the person and into right, the- Right, I see, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's, there's basically, there's two, there's two, there's two you know, uh, in simple terms, there's kind of two main perspectives. In, in oriental medicine. There's the one that is more the focus of my book, Aromatherapy for Healing the Spirit, which is more the perspective of looking at any um, mental emotional imbalances in the person. Mm -hmm. And the, the really useful framework there is um, the five elements. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, they're basically, um, well, they're, they're kind of seen in a, in a fluid rather than, than a static way, but each, each element of water, wood, fire, earth, and metal is, um, first of all, well, in, you know, in Chinese culture, it has, they have all kinds of different connections and associations. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in the health, in the body, each one is linked to one of the five major, what we call yin organs. Mm -hmm. And in turn, there each one is also linked to five aspects of the psyche or what we could call five spirits that you know that constitute our overall um, our, our overall uh, shen or spirit or overall uh, being psychological being and um, so as I say that, that that that's the sort of focus of my book and you know so a big part of it is well the 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 the, the, the five main aspects are uh, the, you know, the will, which is connected to the water element, that's our willpower and strength. There's the, there's the ethereal soul, or simply the soul, which is our more visionary, intuitive capacity, which is linked to the wood element and the liver. And then there's the overall shen, or consciousness, which is also our emotional center, and which is the hub for all the different aspects of the psyche. And that, that's called the shen, and it's housed you know, this is a metaphorical, it's not literally housed in the heart, but it's connected mm -hmm. intimately with the health of the heart, you know, the, and that means the, when we talk about the organs and TCM, it's, it's both similar, it's obviously in one sense, the same 
as uh, Western anatomical science, but it's also completely distinct, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's more it's more of a vitalistic understanding based on you know centuries of empirical knowledge. So, so that the heart and TCM is obviously it's got it's got you know it's got some of the main functions you you, you find in in science, but it, it's also got aspects that you know are, are you can see dimensions that you could identify in science, but science doesn't have any kind of theory that, that the heart actually houses the the, the mind and the spirit. <laughs> Right, it's uh, symbolic we, but, to how they could relate yeah. to health. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, we know to to how profoundly our psychological health stress in our lives affects the health of the heart, Absolutely. and how quickly the the blood pressure and heart rate in a nanoseconds responds to stress. So we can see, yep. you know, we can see links between the heart and 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 the brain and the health uh, of psychological health. Anyway, so. The Shen, you know, is housed in the heart, connected to the fire element, and then you've got the earth element uh, connected to uh, the uh, stomach and the pancreas, and which is to do with um, not just breaking down food, but breaking, uh, uh, analyzing and breaking down thoughts and the intellect, basically. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, the lungs uh, and the metal element is um, associated with something we call the bodily soul as distinct from the kind of uh, visionary, intuitive, ethereal soul, or you can just say the soul. The bodily soul, you know, um, it is manifest through our five senses, especially smell actually, okay. you know, so it's our sensory being, our body consciousness, and as well as our vitality. And if you like, our, the part of us is like our an- animal instinct part. And I think the interesting thing is we can see that, you know, in fact, <laughs> modern society, the more we're relying on our analytical brain and our sense of, you know, uh, in, in particular vision and sound through screens and TV and so forth. You know, I think every aromatherapist understands the extent to which maybe we've not, not just neglected the sense of smell, but also our senses in many respects, our, our senses generally. Mm-hmm. And that, that means that, you know, it's an, it, you know, that there's a tendency in modern society that, um, that we've a little bit neglected the, the bodily soul. And people have, all, you know, there's many ways of, of reconnecting with that, you know, I mean, just getting out in nature, doing anything active, physical, you know, yoga, dancing, just getting, you know, um, getting in touch with your bodily vitality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, but, but fragrance and olfaction in, is, is, in a way, you know, one, one of the most um, significant of, of those, you know, there's, there's really, you know, there's a special connection between the lungs, the metal element and smell. Mm-hmm. And in turn, this concept of the bodily soul, you know, so, um, so, so, so that's the five elements and that, that's very much the focus of, uh, my book, Aromatherapy for Healing the Spirit, whereas the rest of TCM, which is in, in, in a way, um, is really a kind of a, a larger, more complex corpus, if you like, of, of uh, um, clinical uh, understanding and, and knowledge. Um, and it's more built around what I referred to earlier as these sort of patterns of disharmony, you know, 
uh, like liver chi stagnation, kidney chi deficiency, excess heart yang. And, and that's, that's the kind of bread and butter framework that all the acupuncturists, you know, most, most, if not the vast majority of acupuncturists use. Mm-hmm. when they assess a client or, you know, diagnose them in TCM terms to determine, <clears throat> you know, which acu- acupoints are going to be most beneficial and, and which herbs are going to be most uh, indicated for that person's condition, both their current condition as well as their underlying constitution, you know, those two things, condition and constitution. So um, so, so that that's the rest of it. And that side of things. So what I tend to do, for example, is um, when I introduce people to the oriental medicine approach to essential oils, I'll, first of all, maybe usually over a kind of a weekend, I'll, I'll tell them more about the five elements <clears throat> and, um, and how the five elements relate to, um, you know, a range of common essential oils. Um, in particular, in terms of what, what we uh, uh, refer to, and Peter Holmes coined this phrase, the fragrance energetics of the oils. You know, they're the different fragrance notes understood as active and effective qualities. Yeah, not mm-hmm. just as, you know, um, not just as qualities that are nice to enjoy, but as, as actual as having actions, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, okay. root, the, the rooty, fragrance energy, resinous, fr- um, sweet herbaceous, floral, camphoraceous, coniferous, you see, these are, the, these, these all are s- signify, they don't all, you know, they don't in themselves completely determine because there's you know, many factors that de- de- determine the activity and actions of essential oils, you know, mm-hmm. biochemical, pharmacological, um, subtle, al- you know, alchemical almost, but, but nevertheless, it's the fragrance notes, which are like, you know, s- signifiers of how they inter- how they act on the human mind and body. And so it's the fragrance energetics, which is really the main linchpin between each of the five elements and essential oils. That's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the most intimate connection that you first uh, explore and understand. And then for people who want to go deeper, which I've made over the, over, in fact, over three decades has been kind of a core part of a diploma course training that I offered in central London since 1990, and which I'm currently kind of taking a break from to, to do some writing. But um, for people who, who, you know, want to go deeper into, into that connection between TCM and aromatherapy, then it takes another kind of like dozen days, really, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of, in, I'm talking about in-class training with a lot of reading and study and case mm-hmm. studies, and everything else. And, and, and on top of having a good sound standard scientific understanding mm-hmm. of essential oils on top of that, you know, to, to kind of really initiate someone in being able to, to you know, kind of apply the full um, approach, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, applying TCM to aromatherapy. Yeah, so having a good knowledge base to to use yeah. effectively. Yes. Because I yeah. mean, 
it always comes down to like, it's a very integrative approach knowing the, in the sense that it's integrative for health, but also integrative and in mixing the very scientific aspects um, and also the, the kind of psychological um, based principles that have been throughout history have kind of been used in those respects. And um, yeah. I feel like having all these conversations that you see these different avenues, but they both, they mix, they blend the approaches every time because that's that's how we perceive things, especially things that are sensory-based like smell. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm curious, so do, you, do you currently, what does your practice look like now? Do you currently just focus on research, education? Um, do you have like an active practice that you can treat people and work with them individually? I mean, I have over the years, but mainly now it's just like, uh, you know, I give consultations and advice, really. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, especially since COVID, it's been, you know, more remotely done. Um, but over the, you know, over the years, it's what I've done is really been, a, you know, a mixture of like teaching through my school and administrating that school, the Institute of Traditional Herbal Medicine and Aromatherapy. And then I, I, I started an association in 1990 called the Register of Qualified Aromatherapists. Mm -hmm. And um, 12 years later, it amalgamated with an association which Shirley Price started in 1991, you know, um, uh, ISPA, um, and became the International Federation of Professional Aromatherapists. We had our launch in 2002. And um, I took a so from the beginning, I was also quite involved in um, in, in in helping to to, to run that, um, and um, I, t I actually kind of well, I, I took a I took a sort of I suppose it was like a, almost a, a decade break from the board, um, but but came back on the board for different reasons around 2017, and um, I'm, I'm currently chair. Um, um, as you mentioned, I think. And um, so, you know, so what I've done basically, I suppose, over the years is, you know, run my school. I've always taught, you know, um, on it. I've had sort of like 63 groups since then, each doing like a one year program. Um, and um, and, and many, we've had a long period also, they, they, they had a week in France and studied uh, essential oil science with Rhiannon Lewis, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I've, you know, also along, along the way, I've, I've, I've done, you know, um, some, you know, overseas teaching, which has, you know, been a lot of fun, <laughs> um, especially being an avid photographer. <laughs> and then so, um, and then, you know, always I've done some practice and consultation work and especially combining together, recommending specific herbs, both Western and some Chinese herbs together with essential oils and hydrosols, you know, kind of a, a general, you know, sort of plant medicine approach. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, you know, um, something that um, I've also always yearned to <laughs> spend more time on is writing. And, um, and so that's the kind of fourth or whatever area of that, uh, you know, is my focus and something that um, perhaps, you know, the, 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 the lockdown has given me a chance and the break from teaching mm -hmm. has given me a 
chance to, um, you know, to, to sort of take further. Um, and that's it, really. <laughs> well, um, and that's good. I mean, I, I have your book. It was one of actually the first books I read. I was introduced to aromatherapy kind of a few years ago when I was coming into Naha. I was bringing in the marketing side of things, and that's when I was exposed to it. And I remembered talking to Annette and just being like, what? Like, I need the education now. And she gave me your book and Sal's book. And she was like, start here. This oh, is great. Wow. And so it really was one of the first introductions. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's just so many places that you can take aromatherapy and how you can utilize it. And uh, it really just like, I dove straight in. So um, I know that a lot of people that do education were like, I wish I had more time to kind of write the book and really condense all of my thoughts and my work and all of the research I've made into, into this space, because, you know, yeah. that's, that's how we continue to share, to share this field. If they can't find you directly through a class or maybe just being able to be introduced to it, have just a, a little bit and then um, keep exploring. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to I think it's one of the, each of those, when I'm thinking, as you were talking, I think that you know, they, they're in a way what they are is they're each a way of learning, you know, like you learn through teaching. Obviously, you learn a lot through practicing. Um, and I think, you know, the, the process of writing is also, you know, going deeper into your subject, researching, constellating your thoughts and making it available and digestible for other people. Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, you know, I like this idea, I don't know if you've heard of it, of uh, the, the it's a kind of Zen concept, um, which is like the beginner's mind. You know, I like to, uh, you know, I like to think that I like the idea of being a beginner because then, you know, everything is still always fresh and new and I can be like a sponge and absorb mm -hmm. you know, everything. And even when, when there's people who are, I particularly feel, are able to powerfully convey for what is for me the message of clinical aromatherapy, essential oils, you know, and if I have to pick a couple of people out, again, I'd refer to, you know, maybe my main mentors being um, Rhiannon Lewis and Peter Holmes. E even if either of them are teaching once again, really basic concepts, I still, you, there's still something new, some new insights I can get from those uh-huh yeah um yeah of course it's always good to learn you know when to learn new stuff and specialist lectures and do new perspectives and there's a lot going now on now with people specializing in different areas you know um you know with palliative care and obstetric aromatherapy and subtle aromatherapy and so forth but um but nevertheless, I think when it's people who are, um, have got like a profound grasp, mm -hmm. even when they're discussing something that you, you would consider as for a beginner, <laughs> you know, I'm, um, yeah. I, I'm right there, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally, I used to have a philosophy. I was like, I never read the same book twice, but I've lately been like, you know what? I'm going back to my favorite books because there's always something more you can get out of it. There's a different way yeah. you can see a character or a plot or something that plays out. And it's actually been sometimes more enjoyable. And I, I do, you soak up more because you, you miss things the yeah. first time through and then, yeah, so. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, 
I'd love for you to tell us about IFPA and kind of their their role in the field of aromatherapy and also about, you know, this upcoming conference that Naha and we're putting on together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, as I mentioned how we got started with with IFPA, which I uh, should mention um, what really made the difference. I, basically, what happened was in the 90s, we had a... Um, we had an organization here in the UK called the Aromatherapy Organizations Council, which I was, I was chair for a while actually at the beginning and was involved with that. And it was like a round table of, believe it or not, a dozen associations that had aromatherapy members. Now they weren't all exclusively aromatherapy organizations like NAHA and IFPA. Some of them were like multi-therapy ones. And what I had seen happen with acupuncture around in 1995 in this country, um, the UK, we had five, five acupuncture associations come together and form the British Acupuncture Council, which of course, you know, that's gonna be a lot better for a member of the public who's looking for acupuncture treatment. You know, um, prior to that, you could imagine if they, I don't know, look in the yellow pages or, you know, the notice board of a local health store or something, you know, they're going to see every card, the practitioner has a different set of initials after their name, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that, to be honest, you know, in some ways, even, you know, certainly in this country, we, 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 we still, that, that's still the case now uh, with, with, with aromatherapy. But mm -hmm. what, what I'd seen as a, a member of the British Acu, uh, Acu, or uh, the, the precursor organization as, a, as an acupuncture member, I'd seen these five organizations to come together and create a really, you know, sort of um, well-respected um, single uh, uh, British uh, acupuncture association. I thought, well, maybe we could do the same thing in aromatherapy here in the UK. Um, it didn't quite work out that way, you know, for different reasons. I, I tried for several years, but, you know, maybe, you know, of course the multi-therapy associations weren't hugely keen because they, they didn't want to lose their aromatherapy members necessarily. Mm -hmm. And then some of the smaller ones, you know, maybe sometimes people like to perhaps be big fish in little ponds, you know, <laughs> but, what happened was um, Ian Cambray Smith, when he became chair of his, his background, by the way, is chemistry, um, but he became chair of the association which Shirley Price started, the International Society of Professional Aromatherapists. And so basically along came a kind of kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, from 1999, we spent three years kind of laying the foundation for what became IFPA, which was the emerger of the one I started and um, the Shirley, you know, the, the other association. And Ian was chair for the first couple of years. And, um, and you know, since then, we started out more being largely made up of UK practitioner aromatherapists and schools. But you know, we've gradually over the years had a larger proportion of, of like, I guess like Naha and like mm -hmm. a couple of others, you know, we've become more international because yep. we've got, we've now, um, we've still got, well, I say still, we've, we, our, our membership, uh, we've still got out of the 2000, our 2000 members, um, we've got um, over a third, about maybe 35 to 40% are UK 
practitioners. And then we've got um, a, a also quite a, a large proportion, about a quarter are uh, Japanese practitioners. And then the rest are made up of members in Taiwan, Korea, Hong Kong, Ireland, and Ireland, and some in China. Um, so we've become a lot more international. We've got, mm -hmm. you know, we've got um, 60 accredited schools and uh, we've got a, I've, um, you know, especially this year, very well supported by a, uh, an excellent, um, you know, board of directors and, um, um, and, and, and a, a very helpful uh, contracted company secretary who kind of keeps me in line. <laughs> <laughs> And you know we we have our we have our journal since the beginning, which I've always been really had a great interest in. Was in fact co-editor for the first sort of seven issues. But we we have our, our own. We have a dedicated editor of the of our professional journal. Her name's Pat Herbert, and the journal we call In Essence. And people can actually join as friends for quite a low. Uh, subscription to, 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 to get the benefit of the journal. And over the years, we've tended to have a comp, you know, like a one day or weekend conference every year in, 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 um, in England in, 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 or in, in the UK, I should say. And um, in fact, um, you know, I've, I think I've organized maybe about a dozen of those over the years and some of them being weekend and like well, we had one, let's say, for example, our one in 2017, we, we, we had in London and we, the, the second day, um, people could choose to do a one day workshop either with Robert Tisserand um, or Julia Graves. And um, but that, that, that was a great weekend. So that was a typical kind of thing that we do. And of course, what happened was, well, I think the whole thing with our um, collaboration, which I'm, you know, really excited about to have a new connection with Naha. As you mentioned, my first experience of Naha, I was um, invited by Cheryl Horde, who was the chairman in 1998, to go and present in St. Louis. And um, yeah, it's a lovely memory. I'm, want to pay tribute to Cheryl, who sadly passed away, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, but that, that was a wonderful first connection. And I, you know, I, I met Jade Shoots uh, there, um, who then subsequently uh, became, soon after, I believe, became uh, Naha chair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, 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 you know, made many good friends that I'm still friends with today, you know, Naha, uh, um, and, you know, colleagues and, and friends since mm -hmm. then. And, you know, I was just always really pleased to be able to come over for another dozen, half a dozen or so occasions to reconnect and present uh, at different conferences over the years. And um, I didn't take as many photos back then as I do now, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, um, in fact, just the other day, I was bringing out an album. And th these were when I was taking photos that were, you know, prints, not digital. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, pictures of Jade. And, <laughs> and, you know, lots of us who were, you know, um, a bit younger. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so um, now how did this happen? Um, so I... I think it was very, was in, in the sort of new year. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I don't think I had any secret plan, but I thought I'd, I'd send a little message to Annette and um, ask her, you know, um, what her plans were for uh, the, uh, you know, Beyond Aromatics 4 because I'd been to the previous two in, in Salt Lake City, wonderful venue. I mean, just fabulous flying in there and being able to, in 2016, I drove through you know, Utah and, and visited the national parks. Mm -hmm. um, so, so wonderful venue. But of course I was wondering because, um, you know, because of COVID and, right. and, and the whole situation, what the plans were uh, uh, with the board, with the with the the, the the Naha directors, what what they were thinking to do, and um, somehow, <laughs> in you know in, in the ensuing conversation, um, I had this idea of um, could we like partner with you <laughs> on yeah. this because we've got we know we, we we're going to need a you know to to organize another we had one uh, one last year last august it was a one day online event which mm -hmm. our japanese uh directors kazue gil and tomomi nakamara together with a, a colleague of theirs organized one which was supposed to be which was has was supposed to happen live in tokyo last may so that got transformed into an online event, which took place in August. And, um, but anyhow, also knowing that, you know, that there are quite a few, you know, online events this year already. Right. So, and, and, and seeing all the fabulous speakers who um, were lined up for uh, the conference in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, you know, including my partner, Dr. Kelly Ablard, <laughs> um, and 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 some some people you know who are big inspirations for me, um, Salvatore, David Crow, uh, Penny Price, just just a, a net, of course, you know. Um, it's all the danger of me mentioning anyone is you know the, uh, you might leave someone out, but you know, in fact, every everyone you know who was planned there, I really wanted to hear, you know, and. Um, and, and, and well, you know, um, in a nutshell, um, Annette and um, Eric, uh, they said yes, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure she consulted with the board and, and you right. know, had a, yeah. um, I sat down with um, Annette and Eric and Kelly was, was with me and we, we, we just, um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we were excited, you know, to see how we could support NAHA and, um, you know, promote the conference to our members and, um, you know, partake and support NAHA in that way. And I, we, we both realized that it was a sort of like, you know, win-win situation. Mm -hmm. And we got to, we get to share now, like all of these, we, we do, we have like 20 speakers. Yeah. It's a great lineup. We're really excited yeah. to share and making sure that, you know, we can get the word out to more people who are interested in this. And we were yeah. like, well, yeah. and it's kind of the perfect mix. I mean, unfortunately we do have to go online this year, but that does mean yeah. that we can get a lot of the members that are abroad to, to join us um, in some capacity. And I know that that was something that We've been trying to grow more of the international presence, but having an in-person conference sometimes makes that a little harder. Um, but it also yeah. kind of allowed us to to bridge this the, this um, connection with you all, and hopefully in the future, you know, we'll 
we'll yeah. go back to in-person stuff, but we'll also yeah. be able to kind of keep this online platform so we can continue to connect people. And if you can't make it in person, yeah. you can be there in some capacity and and yeah, we we go we go all out. It's four days. It's yeah. pretty much five days, and and then we yeah. have yeah. a ton of yeah. speakers because we do it every other year. So we know yeah. that we'll make it big. Definitely. Well. Yeah. Well, the realization for me, in fact, was that really, I mean, as for us, I'm not saying necessarily speaking for Ifpa, but sorry for Naha, but I think for for Ifpa, I you know, I was thinking, well, you know, actually, we should have done this a good few years ago because of all the members that we have all over the world. You know, it makes it accessible to them. But may, maybe what can evolve is some kind of you know hybrid conferences where pe those who can can be present and it can be live streamed to those who can't be there. And I think you know. Um, it's a learning curve that I think that we'll all benefit from. And, and you know, I, I, it's happening globally among, you know, everyone anyway, isn't it? So mm -hmm. yeah. to, to be able to reach more people in, in, in this way. Um, and the fact that so, we already bring you in to be part of our conference and you and Kelly yeah. and you guys and so many speakers from all around the world, we're already, we're already bringing them in. So being able to, to make the platform for members in there, like, community yeah. at home um we're really excited about and we have some big plans going forward to yeah. you know get back to being in person but making sure that we just yeah. we never leave anybody out definitely can't help it definitely and you know i think the other good thing is the extent to which like annette and eric and their the whole um naha team um, have have really uh, got their eye on the ball in terms of ensuring the good quality of the presentations. Yeah, you know, but both it, both you know in in visual and in in audio terms because I I think that's I think that's a really important element and and I know from my conversations with Annette and Eric that they're, they're really quite focused on that and I I think that's another part of the re the recipe for success you know. Yeah, we're we've definitely had I've got a few people in. I've got like an actual little marketing team now and uh, I brought some other people in and, you know, we're outsourcing some yeah. aspects of it because we just want to make sure what we're bringing people is quality. And um, yeah. in, as far as that goes, we know the speakers will be quality, but we're like, OK, now what part that's on our shoulders can we take on to make sure that sure. You know, sound is good, the transitions are good, people's um, presentations are put together well and uh, yeah. Um, yeah. really trying to do that and of course you know we'll get better as it goes on I'm sure we'll come up with ideas being like how oh, we should do that next time and so sure. we're we're definitely going to adapt but we're excited about where it's starting and we're all excited for this opportunity and super glad um y'all are yeah. joining us this is yeah this is yeah well, thank you <laughs> thanks for you know we and my whole board is really you know delighted I think there's a lot you know, there's a lot of excitement among our members, you know, all, all the, everyone was just, you know, pretty much over the moon. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. We're, very, we're very pleased. Yeah. Well, um, we're about at our time today, but I did okay. want to ask you, you're, you're going to be speaking at this year's yeah. event. So just yeah. tell us what your topic is. Give us a little, a little sneak peek and let us know if any, anybody who's interested in learning more about what you do and the, um, online courses you have or even just your current work the book that you have out let us know where people can find it and we'll make sure to add links in the description for this um so people can sure. easily access it 
Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I mean, my, um, my, my book, you know, Aromatherapy for Healing the Spirit, yeah, I mean, I think it must be in stores in America because it's uh, actually published there by Inner Traditions, you know, in Vermont. But okay. otherwise, of course, you know, it's, it's on Amazon. It's on the uh, right too, I'll just add that. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> right, <laughs> I didn't know that, thank you. <laughs> um, and well, I, I'm, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a, a series of webinars just at the, the moment, although unfortunately the kind of closing date's gone for that. But I mean, you know, actually right now I'm in this mode, this kind of sabbatical mode of research and writing. So um, I don't really have, <laughs> at this very moment, I'm working on stuff, but I don't really beyond that have um, very much to kind of like advertise. <laughs> Um, apart from my um, conference talk. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, as far as that's concerned, it's, um, yeah, it's called the elixir of, of life. And um, I've got to be careful not to give too much away, but... <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, in a nutshell, that, that, that was taken as an inspiration from um, Paracelsus, who, you know, was one of the, maybe almost the most, he was, who was lived in the 16th century. And he, um, you know, was, you know, what you, you know, call a, a polymath, you know, like, like Avicenna, you know, he was like, sort of good at everything in terms of being an alchemist, a botanist, a physician, a philosopher, and, uh, and, and especially like, a, he was like an alchemist physician, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, he had this intuition that certain plants um, sort of almost magical life extending property, you know, which sounds like very mystical and magical and, you know. Fountain of youth type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, um, isn't that, that's connected to, you know, so there's somewhere, uh, isn't, not Savannah, but um, there's a town that has a, an association with the Fountain of Youth, isn't there? St. Augustine? St. Augustine, thank you, thank you very much, that's right, yeah, Fountain of Youth. But basically, but what we can actually see and what's fascinating is that among the natural products in um, that um, you know we thrive on, you know, in terms of foods and 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 and, and even um, among supplements, you know, medicinal plants actually contain a concentration of some of the most antioxidant compounds mm -hmm. um, that are the basis of. Um, providing the therapeutic benefits that you get from a very wide range mm -hmm. of and aromatic plants, yeah. And I just feel that, you know, this talk about, you know, detoxifying and so forth. Well, I mean, I really feel that um, there's a lot of reference to the antioxidant activities of, uh, you know, well, I mean, many, many essential oils have been, have demonstrated, you know, antioxidant activity, mm -hmm. especially for example, you know, like some of the phenols, 
rich, mm -hmm. or that's a good example, like clovers off the charts because of being very, quite rich in eugenol. The, 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 there's, there's several common ones which, which are, you know, particularly uh, potent. Um, uh, rosemary, oregano, cinnamon leaf, for example, you know, but, but there's a whole wide range. And also antioxidant activity, you know, it's quite broad because, uh, you know, some are better at um, detoxifying singlet, singlet oxygen compounds, uh, mm -hmm. others are, are more efficacious towards lipid peroxidation, you know, the oxidation of fats in the body. And so this is, this really, you know, it's a kind of little one hour intensive class in this whole area and how the antioxidant activity underpins so many of the, of the therapeutic benefits of aromatic plants and essential oils, right down from neuroprotective, anti-Alzheimer, hepatoprotective, diabetic activities, mm -hmm even, you know, um, uh, you know, play a role in a lot of the anti-cancer activities of essential mm -hmm. thing, you know. I'm not talking, by the way, of course, you know, kind of like a MLM magic bullet scenario. Right, but, but, no. But, but, yeah, but, you know, a whole... Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. A kind of holistic approach that is embracing and understanding this research evidence and then translating it into our holistic professional aromatherapeutic approach you know and and also um, you know for example seeing how examples like with German chamomile for example that a lot of its benefits for all kinds of skin conditions or the result of that integration between the antioxidant and the anti-inflammatory and that you know working together in a way that only nature can provide you see um and that's the elixir of life yeah. yeah so maybe paracelsus you know was into something there maybe he had this future vision intuition maybe you know he had such a close connection with the plant world and with the nature um and um that uh you know he he his intuition was you know well, what we say in England, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that's going to be really interesting. Um, there's a lot yeah. of, um, as I'm in nursing school right now, so i learning about just, I mean, going back to anatomy and physiology and like how the body works, yeah. what is the aging, what is aging, and uh, a yes. lot of cell yes. degeneration, it's ineffectiveness mm. and it's um, duplication, and they talk about yeah. antioxidants, but it's also yeah. kind of this, yeah this very broad subject that um, it's really yeah. fascinating. So I am looking forward yeah. to this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Gabriel. Well, yeah. um, we appreciate you having, uh, we appreciate having you on today and being able to kind of talk yeah. about the work you do and um, IFPA and um, our collaboration. And uh, we're looking forward to the conference. And so, um, I'll make sure to add the conference coupon code for any IFPA members or NAHA members. Mm -hmm. You guys get a little conference discount and um, we're definitely doing a yeah. collaborative discount. So anybody across those will pay the same price for the conference and um, 
we yeah. hope you guys will join us online um, yeah. in the live version. And if you can't make it to the live version, I know we have these times for the live version, but wherever you are in the world, it might be in the middle of the night. So these recordings will be available um, forever for you guys who, if you buy the conference pass. So uh, we're hoping you join us in whatever yeah. convenient time you for you, but um, we're looking forward to, yeah. to this collaboration and future ones to come. Well, you know, thank you so much, Savannah. You know, this has been a wonderful opportunity to, you know, talk to you and to, to Naha members. And uh, I just want to say, you know, express my gratitude again to Annette, Eric and the whole board and the Naha staff and, and also convey my best wishes on behalf of IFTA members to Naha members. Thank you so much. We are, we, we are really excited and we, you know, uh, I can say for Kelly and I as well, we're really looking forward to the conference. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for the Beyond Aromatics podcast, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you.